This podcast contains material that some listeners may find objectionable. It may contain graphic descriptions of atrocities committed during the 1937 Nanking Massacre in China. Welcome back to the Undaunted Women of Nanking, the wartime diaries of Minnie Votrin and Sen Shui Fang. On this episode, soldiers who fail to find girls begin targeting teenage boys. Votrin and Sen struggle with efforts at returning to normalcy, like a concert at the Japanese embassy, which clash with the city's ongoing trauma. We begin with Votrin's diary of Monday, February 7th, 1938. This morning there was a meeting of our women workers to reconsider our plans. We have assigned one person to each refugee building. Her purpose for the week being to get better acquainted, to comfort, to work out best means of giving direct aid, and to talk informally about starting a class in homemaking and handwork. We are calling it a class and not a school. Mr. Wong came down this morning to report on cases of mistreatment to older refugees who have gone home. The head of one of the disbanded camps brought his two daughters over today. He and his wife are trying to live down at Hubu Street said that yesterday soldiers drove up in a truck and took all the good bedding from his neighbors. Fortunately, his was not new or very clean, so his was spared. It seems that in several houses out near West Flower Gate, the soldiers, failing to find young girls, are using teenage boys. So far, the classified summary of the men reported missing by our refugees are businessmen, 390, gardeners, farmers, coolies, 123, artisans, tailors, carpenters, masons, cooks, weavers, etc., 193, policemen, 7, firemen, 1, young boys, 14 to 20 years old, 9, Total, 723. The large majority of these were taken on December 16th and have not yet returned. Typewritten radio news was brought to us this afternoon by John McGee. It looks as if Hofei is being endangered. How I wonder what conditions are up in the country. Now, Sen's diary of the same day. Some of the old refugees returned home, but we received a number of young ones. Some, in disguise as beggars, came to the city from Shangxing River. Probably the nationalist troops are not far from here. 
lots of rumors circulate on the street, some of which claim our troops have entered the city. People on the street are about to take off the Japanese armbands. I have not seen anything actually happen yet, and I'm anxious to see our troops' arrival. People on the streets complain a lot. On the one hand, the Japanese ask people to return home. Yet, on the other, when people return, their soldiers drive them out of their homes. If they do not, the soldiers will rape young women. If the family does not have young women, they will molest young men as if they were women. You see how despicable they are. Both men and women are molested by them. Tuesday, February eighth, from Votrin's diary. Why such a beautiful day should make one sad is difficult to explain. The pine trees and rose vines outside my window were covered with glistening, and somehow the chirp of the birds, even though it was quite crispy cold, gave me a feeling that spring is here, or not far behind. But who is here to enjoy the glorious beauty of spring? The sprays of welcome the spring and wild Daphne, the daffodils and roses will but remind us of our friends who were with us a year ago and who now are scattered to the four winds. It will but recall for us our work and our play of the happy years that have gone and probably cannot return during my lifetime. At 10 o'clock, one of the servants came to tell me that there was a soldier up on our south hill. I hastily put on rubbers and coat and started on the run. Found him with a young girl back of Ava Spicer's bungalow. Tried to get his number but failed and then ordered him off. He looked daggers at me, but went. Later, the girl said that she and four others were washing clothes in the pond near the south boundary. The four other girls made their escape, but this one was caught. After the soldier pointed his dagger at her and tore at her clothes, she reluctantly unbuttoned them. And she was in this process when I appeared. My first impulse was to snatch his dagger, which I had a good opportunity to do, and call on the group of servants which had congregated by that time to help me catch him. But I decided that was not the part of wisdom, so did nothing worse than to make him climb over the fence. At 11 a.m., went over to Japanese Embassy with a report for Mr. Hidarka, acting ambassador was fortunate in seeing him for five minutes, just before he was leaving for Shanghai, and being able to petition his aid in behalf of the 738 men who have never returned, husbands and fathers and sons of our refugees. Three soldiers came at 1.20 to look around, but did nothing worse than take pictures of children. At 2.30, another group came an officer and military police, 
They had with them one who spoke Chinese fairly well. It was difficult for them to believe that ten o'clock affair, in fact, they did not. At 2.45, Mr. Raba and Lewis came to take me to a band concert at the Japanese embassy. None of us had the heart to go, but felt that we should. The director of the band of 20 had arranged a really good program of music, but I could not lose myself in it. When they played the overture, like Calvary, my mind would not leave that procession that passed our gate on December 14th. That group of the hundred or more civilians with bound hands walking behind the Japanese soldiers in Calvary, the group that had never returned, and when they proudly played Warla New Guinea, our army, the destroyed cities, desolate countryside, raped women and girls, kept ever before me. I don't think I heard the music. Perhaps twenty Westerners were present representing German, English, and Americans, and the Japanese embassy men tried to help us forget. HMSB came in this afternoon, bringing a Netherlands official, and we hope some mail. Here is Sen's account of the same day. Today, almost all of the tents on the Shanghai Road have been dismantled with help from the Japanese. Some women came back here because the Japanese soldiers went to their homes once they returned there. For some families, the soldiers entered their homes and sleeping with their wives inside the house. They slept there until the next morning, not just for a little while. If the wives do not obey, the soldiers will stab them to death. This morning, a Japanese soldier chased a girl in the workshop from the South Hill. That girl ran as fast as she could. When she reached Mr.'s place, she was caught by the soldier. As the soldier was about to rape the girl, Voltron got there and chased him away. In the afternoon, two Japanese soldiers came to inspect. Voltron told them about the soldier's attempt to rape in the morning. They asked her if the soldier had a red banner on his hat. Voltron replied negative. This morning, seeing the soldier refuse admitting any wrongdoing, Voltron went to the Japanese embassy to file a complaint report. Also, in the afternoon, the Japanese consul gave a concert and invited the foreigners to attend. Some of them did, but some did not. Voltron went. I laughed at her, saying, These days you have been suffering bitter days in the hell. Today you want to relax in the heaven. The Japanese asked the prostitutes to serve the guests at the tea reception. I think no other country would do likewise. Diplomats from the Dutch embassy also went. The German consul declined to attend the tea reception on the pretext that he had to give the Dutch embassy people a ride first. The German consul disliked the Japanese most. The Japanese soldiers followed him wherever he goes. 
In fact, they spy on him. He told us he hated the Japanese soldiers following him. Sometimes he went to Pingtang Lane for fun and sat there deliberately for a long, long time in order to make the soldiers miss meals. Sometimes he went to Pingtang Lane to attend the Sunday service and lingered on after the service. That was also intended to starve the soldiers. Yet recently, no soldiers followed him. During this period of time, both the Germans and Americans helped the Chinese a lot. On our next episode, things improve very slowly in Nanking. Minnie admits a few refugees straggling in from the countryside, and many who had returned to their homes come back to Jinling after encounters with Japanese soldiers. Thanks for listening.